This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. Something odd is going on in Rome. Over the course of the past month, Francis has repeatedly stated that he is not planning to retire from his job. He has said this numerous times in numerous places. He feels the need to repeat this, and that probably means that someone in Rome is making it clear that they want Francis gone, and gone soon. The pressure for him to resign isn't only coming in from his ideological opponents, since everyone expects traditionalists and conservative Catholics to want to see Francis retire and sail off into the same obscurity that Benedict XVI sailed off into. The pressure to resign is coming in from his own ideological allies, who are hoping to replace him with one of their own soon. There's a certain irony to the story, given that Francis himself benefited from a papal resignation at the expense of the church. And there is hubris here as well, hubris on the part of those demanding he resign from within the ranks of the extreme modernists. And I say hubris because they should not assume that any conclave that might be held in the near future will go the way they expect it to. Unless, of course, they know something they're not sharing with the rest of us, and that is a distinct possibility. But let's dive into the story. But first, I wanted to thank the patrons and channel members of Return to Tradition for their continued support. For like a dollar a month, they get access to some videos early and articles I write elsewhere before they appear, at least their initial drafts of them. And their support helps keep these messages coming. If you're interested in helping out, there are links to Subscribestar, the Patreon alternative that does respect speech, and Patreon in the description box below. Thanks, and on to the story which seems to be about Francis trying to laugh off pressure to resign from the papacy. On the surface, his getting pressure to resign makes sense. The man has been in the hospital several times in the past year, as I'm sure you've noticed, and that is because every Catholic commentator, myself included, has made videos every time it happens. All of these times, by the way, were for reportedly semi-serious ailments, including bronchitis, if the latest reports are to be believed, despite his reported treatment regimen not making any sense for a case of bronchitis. Still, what we know is that he is facing pressure from his own faction in the Vatican to resign. And we know it's coming from within his faction because of articles like this one from America Magazine, which ran this headline. Pope Francis said the papacy is, quote, for life. Does that mean he should never resign? The article is written by someone calling himself or herself Bill McCormick S.J., and we shouldn't assume these things, given the S.J. after the name. The article reports on something he said back in February, meaning Francis, but is now suddenly getting quite a lot of attention again, for pretty obvious reasons. Francis is not well, regardless of what the Vatican News Agency is reporting. An 86-year-old man who can barely walk doesn't go in and out of the hospital as many times as he does in a year or two's time with everything being just fine. There's a clear aim here, and the author is using precedence with Benedict to make the point, especially when you see who he reaches out to for comment here. From the article, quote, Pope Francis provoked wide reactions in February when he told a group of Jesuits working in the Democratic Republic of Congo and South Sudan, I believe that the Pope's ministry is ad vitam, for life, adding with reference to the Superior General of the Society of Jesus that, quote, it has to be for life. Francis, who recently celebrated 10 years as Pope, succeeded the late Pope Benedict XVI, who made history by abdicating in 2013 after a little under eight years on the chair of Peter. 
becoming the first pope to step down voluntarily from office since Pope Celestine V did so in 1294. Experts disagreed about how surprising the pope's comments were. Austin Ivoray, a noted biographer of Pope Francis, told America, quote, It was the first time he had stressed the ad vena, for life, nature, of the papal office in such a decisive way. Thomas Rausch, S.J., Professor Emeritus of Theology at Loyola Marymount University, was also surprised by what the comments seemed to imply about the Pope's decision-making. It did not sound like Francis, who, Jesuit that he is, put so much emphasis on discernment, but I understood him better when I read his statement. For others, Pope Francis was stating the obvious. Eleven years ago, a Pope saying that the papacy was for life would not have attracted attention at all argued Michael Atridge, a professor of theology at the University of St. Michael's College in Toronto. It was considered normal until Benedict surprised the world the following year with his resignation. The Cambridge University historian Eamon Duffy agreed, telling America that, quote, Francis has more than once alluded to the possibility of resigning and he, what, what he might do if that came to pass. He said that Pope Benedict set the context for Pope Francis's comments, though both his recent death and his historic abdication in 2013. In resigning, Benedict sliced through the centuries of mystification of his office and established that the papacy is a job as well as a vocation, Professor Duffy said. End quote. One thing is true that was said there. Benedict did undermine the papacy by resigning as he did, and now the modernists are trying to cash in again. The papacy is a job and a vocation, emphasis on job according to these people, since that part of the professor's point was made first. A job, like any other, and eventually, like any job, you retire from it, despite retirement being a kind of modern concept, at least for most people, and certainly it's a modern concept considering the religious life of the clergy, and especially the papacy. But, you know, that doesn't matter for the modernists, who want to see Francis gone, and gone as soon as possible. And one Jesuit gives the game away. Our old friend, Pastor Tommy Reese of the Jesuit Church, wants the ability to force a pope to resign if he is deemed to be physically or mentally unfit for the job. Quote, Aside for the, from the question of terms, Pope Francis's comments are also elicited continued concerns about how the papacy is adapting to longer life expectancies. What Mary Doak calls, quote, a real issue here that the church needs to give a great deal of thought to. As Mr. Everett argues, quote, the new factor popes today, like monarchs and presidents, must deal with is longevity combined with frailty. Today, more people live longer and with debilitating conditions in a way that wasn't possible even 50 years ago. Others shared that worry. Mr. Gail Dates told America, quote, I am far more concerned about the pope's resistance to establish canonical norms for both papal resignations and the serious situation that might arise due to mental incompetency. Had Pope John Paul II had Alzheimer's rather than Parkinson's, we could have had a real papal crisis on our hands. Father Reese connected it to the U.S. constitutional issues, writing, I'm still not happy with the system where a pope writes an unpublished letter of resignation that can be revealed if he is incapable of governing. There should be canon law delineating the process that has been publicly discussed and debated by experts. We need something like that, like the 25th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. End quote. 
the 25th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution is the one that allows Congress, essentially, or the a body of senior officials in the U.S. government to declare the presidency vacant. <laughs> Using the U.S. Constitution as a guiding document for the church is uniquely American, to put it mildly, and the one that shouldn't be taken all that seriously. But it does allow Pastor Reese to make the point. They want Francis gone because they think he's unfit to continue to serve. All this comes with a certain hubris, a certain level of boastful assumption going unstated here. They assume they can keep the papacy in their radical camp if he steps down. That's obvious because if they didn't think that, then they'd not be making that suggestion. They'd instead of be trying to reinforce the media image of Francis being very healthy instead of digging up two-month-old statements that they don't like. I'm not the only one noticing this either. Far better thinkers than I have noticed this, including Sandro Magister, a writer on Church Matters in Europe, whose writings can be found in all the major and even some of the minor Catholic print outlets across Europe. Writing in cath.net, which is a German news website, he gives the extreme modernists a warning. They may have the papacy now under the control, but that does not mean much in the long run. Headline, Francis is a pontiff for life, but without his successor. In this context, his successor means that Francis can't guarantee the next pope will be somebody he personally approves of and wants to see continue his work. Though, I will give this caveat to that statement before getting a bit uh, from Mr. Magister himself. That's as far as we know. Francis hasn't guaranteed the next pontiff is his man. Again, as far as we know. There may have been some machinations going on behind the scenes with help from his external allies in various governments and their intelligence arms, quite frankly, that we don't know about. And I say that because there's enough circumstantial evidence to suggest that Benedict XVI may have been forced or coerced to resign with help from agencies and groups external to the Catholic Church. The evidence is circumstantial, but it is there, and we don't know if that is something that could be at play in the next conclave, and we won't know until it's going on at the earliest. Perhaps, though, the modernists in America and others have a better idea than we do. Just food for thought. Anyway, from Mr. Magister's article, quote, on the communicative level, the innovators dominate the scene. They recite a script written from the outside by the secular mainstream, which rightly rewards them. But if you look closely within the church, it turns out that the innovators are not even in the majority in Europe. At the end of March, the choosing of the new president of the Commission of the Bishops' Conference of the European Union surprised many. The outgoing president was Cardinal Hollerich, and the Archbishop of Dijon, Antoine Herard, a man trusted by the Pope who had already appointed him to inspect and commission a traditionalist diocese, that of Freyu Toulon, and the Marian Shrine of Lourdes, was in the running for his successor. Instead, the Italian Mariana Crociata, Bishop of Latina, was chosen, who was banished there by Francis at the beginning of his pontificate to punish him for the way he had exercised his previous role as Secretary General of the Italian Bishops' Conference, which the Pope judged to be too deaf to his expectations. This is a sore point that still lingers, considering that in the audience for the commission at the end of the assembly, Francis was cool with the newly chosen Crociata, and instead cordial to his predecessor, Hollerich, who, quote, never stops, never stops, gratitude. In short, there is nothing to suggest that Francis's successor could be Hollerich or anyone else from the papal circle. The 
Asian Cardinal Luis Antonio Gokim Tagle, who has repeatedly been traded as a papal candidate, has long since fallen out of favor with Bergoglio himself. But it is above all the confusing processes set in motion by the current pontiff, and the resulting growing doctrinal and practical disorder that jeopardize the choosing of a successor who wants to follow the same path. End quote. You know that mess Francis talks about making? It's actually complicated the modernist goals of continuing his work. Magister then goes on to point out that most of Francis's institutional reforms of the church have failed, or have landed rather flat, including his reorganization of the Roman Curia, his tweaks to canon law, his renaming of various congregations into dicasteries, and of course his handling of the German schismatic synodal way. There is real opposition to Francis and the Roman Curia, and the next conclave may quickly rally around a moderate to replace him. You might think that's good news, but in my mind that would actually be a disaster for the church. Another moderate like Benedict, because he was a moderate, would sleep walk through the crisis in the church and be unable and unwilling to rein in the modernists. An arch-conservative or traditionalist pope is what is needed. Someone who would excommunicate the lock of the, the, the whole lot of the modernists, actually do the Fatima consecration correctly, and, co and correct doctrinal and dogmatic errors that have been consistently plaguing the church for the last 60 years would need to be corrected, but probably none of that's going to happen. But Magister's point is that those who want to replace Francis with a Francis II should be careful what they wish for because they might just find themselves with the pontiff they despise. The old adage comes to mind here. He who walks into conclaves as a pope walks out as a cardinal. It means in practice that rarely are papal conclave predictions ever accurate, and the expectations by modernists like Ivoray and the author of that American magazine piece are examples of why the modernists should be careful in asking Francis to resign. Now I have to ask, what do you think about all this? Do reports like this give you hope? Or do you think that the modernists, you know, who are writing these things, know something we don't know about the actual level of support in the Roman Curia? Who do you think is more right? Sandro Magister, who tells, who warns them, essentially, be careful what you wish for, you might not like what you get. Or do you think that the modernists like Ivoray and others who are insiders know something the rest of them don't know, and that we're likely to get a Francis II. Let me know in the comments, please. Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. A big thank you again to the patrons and channels members of Return to Tradition. It is greatly appreciated. As always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.